Well, good morning. It's good to be with you. And uh, just want to uh, do a little thing before I go to my, my preach this morning. And that is, if you know me well, you will know that a lot of my preaching is around salvation by faith alone in Christ alone. And I spend a lot of time talking about who we are in Christ and what Christ has done for us. Basically, everything that Dan has sung this morning is where I generally stay. And the things like works are the fruit of our lives as Christians and not the root of our salvation. That is God's love and God's grace and God's, God's work that has taken place in our life that has caused us to be where we are. It's nothing of ourselves, but it's everything about what Jesus has accomplished for us. And so as we are looking at the scripture I'm going to look at this morning, I suppose I'm a little bit concerned that you might think I'm I'm veering away from that, that uh, I'm looking more at something to do with works. I'm not. I'm actually going to be looking at something to do with discipleship, how we grow as a Christian. And I I don't want you to get the wrong impression. That's the reason I'm saying that, all right? Um, It sounds like one of those, uh, you know those adverts when they they finish a a medical advert on TV and it says something like, if you experience a racing heart or one of your legs falls off or you're unable to focus or you've got severe diarrhea, go seek a doctor. Uh, You know, Sarkafil is not suitable for everybody. It sounds a bit like I'm I'm giving a a sort of um, one of those medical... Just in case questions, I'm not doing that, I'm just saying this. My message that I believe in is that through Christ and his work and his work alone, we find reconciliation with God. We find friendship with God. And so, I don't want you to be leaving this place today thinking, I could do better. Because that's not the Christian life. We are Christians because Jesus did better. We are Christians because Jesus was utterly perfect. We are Christians because God, in Christ, satisfied all that was necessary. So we start, our starting place today is we are right with God through Jesus Christ. And I really wanted to nail that clearly before we move on. Because this is territory I don't normally move into. Okay. So, my title this morning is, What Storms Reveal? What Storms Reveal? The picture on the screen is of the floods in BC. You can see that's like a torrent coming over there and the houses are being swept away. It's quite dark because storms are dark. And uh, I pulled it off the internet. You know, they're the people in, in BC that we've been looking at recently. Suddenly, a storm comes and it reveals what foundations have really been built in that place. And many people have lost their homes and uh, it's good for us to be praying for them. But I've left that picture up there so that we can understand something of the devastation that it speaks to us from God's word this morning. And so we're going to open our Bibles at Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. And I'm going to go from verse 46. Let me pray before I do that. Father, we ask you today to open your word, make it alive, and grow us up in our Christian life, in our relationship with you. Lord, I pray that you would bless us with your word this morning. I pray it would do us good, would strengthen us, and more than that, I pray that we would apply it into our lives so that we can live lives 
that are built strongly on the rock of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we pray, speak to us. Holy Spirit, help us now to enjoy, not endure a sermon, but to enjoy the word of God and let it do us good, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but not do what I say? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, but not do what I say? I'll show you what he is like, or she is like, who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid his foundation on the rock. And when the flood came, the torrent crashed against that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not act on them is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. And the moment the torrent crashed against that house, it immediately fell. And its destruction was complete. Complete destruction. What did you go to church to listen to this morning? Complete destruction. But that was encouraging. (laughs) So... I want to make what I hope to be helpful observations from this passage this morning because we're all building our lives on something. That's what Jesus is communicating here. We're all building our lives on something. It's as if our our life is like a house and our choices and our actions and our decisions are building a house built on a good structure, some good foundation. And the foundation is what we hope in. It's like we're saying, this is, I know, will keep me safe. Because we all want to be kept safe. And this will keep me secure. And I know that this, this foundation will carry me through life. Now, that may not be the right foundation, but that's the way we think about our foundations. We all have foundations in this room And online today, we all have foundations. We're all building on that foundation. And something with us says, this is good what I'm building on. And hopefully God's word will show us, yeah, it is good to build on it. But it's possible that it it isn't what we should build it on. You know, can we trust it? Can I surely build here? And we can all build our lives on different things and different foundations. And I'm going to give you an example. All right? You can build your life on self-image, on your image. Okay? It means like me, this is not true. <laughs> you go in the bathroom every day, take off your shirt, take a picture, post your selfie of how handsome you are. Oh, look at me. I never do that. Just want to be clear. <laughs> you, build, you can build your life on a foundation of money. You can be saying, if I have money, I will be happy. I will be joyful. I will be secure. You know, actually, I th- my wife is sitting here. She's not often with me when I preach. <laughs> but my wife probably would agree with me that there have been the times where we have had the least money but been the most happy. Would you agree with that? Where God has kept us and God has shown his love to us in amazing ways. And we've been so full of joy in that. You can build your life on relationships. You know, if I can just get that person to be with me, I know my life is going to be fulfilled and great. It's going to be wonderful. You can build your life on career or reputation or success. 
You can even build your life on playing the victim. Many people love to wallow in the things that have gone wrong in their lives rather than come to God, let him sort them out and move on. But we can, we can build, we're all building our lives on a foundation. And Jesus says in this passage something quite terrifying. Okay, I'm not sure if you caught it, but it says in the story that for many of us, it can be possible to build an entire life on an, a foundation that can be washed away in an instant. You can build your life trusting and hoping in something and a storm or a torrent comes along and that it hits it and everything you built from that moment is washed away. That's a terrifying thought. And yet, and yet in all honesty, when I became a Christian and I first heard this story being taught, I, I, was, I was a young Christian and I was in Sunday school. Actually, Andrew's mum was like, Top Sunday school person ever, really. But, and you, they used felt figures, and they told you the story. But I never remember it being terrifying. I remember it being like, a wise man built his house. It was all very happy. But listen, what Jesus is saying here is not that. It's not that. He is really wanting to engage with us and say, make sure you're building on a good foundation. Actually, I don't think we should write a song about this. It wouldn't be very joyful. (laughs) It's really saying, what foundation are you building on? So when they heard this, it would have terrified them. Seriously? What I'm building on could be washed away? I don't remember anybody majoring on this part of the story. I don't remember anybody being terrified when the story was read. And do you know why it's not terrifying to us when we remember this story? Do you know why we don't think, oh no, am I building on the right foundation? Because we're in church. We're in church. We're rock people. We're all safe. Isn't that good? We're all rock people. And we can think that the point of this story is this. Christians are safe and unbelievers get their houses knocked down. That's all we can think. Not a nice thought, really, but that's what we can think. But actually, that's not what the story's about. The unbelievers, the disobedient are the ones who are going to get their houses knocked down. But it's okay. We're in church. We're rock people. We're here, digging into the scriptures. But did you notice that Jesus didn't start out this story by saying, hey, all you believers, listen up. All you unbelievers, come on, you better listen to this. No. Who's he talking to in this story? He's talking to religious people. He's talking to people who go to church. He's talking to people with some understanding of what the Bible says. He starts out by saying this, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things I say? Okay? Which actually means, actually he's speaking to us. And I, can, I think, in all honesty, we can, we can think, this story, we're safe. We're okay. Because we're rock people. But actually, I think Jesus is challenging us here in his word and asking us, are you truly 
built on the rock. You see, Jesus is speaking to people who turn up on Sunday morning, you know, who've got a notebook and take notes in the sermon. <laughs> That's the people he's speaking to, those who profess with their mouths, Lord, Lord, but actually have no foundation for their lives, which can be us. I just want to say this, to be honest, right at the beginning, there have been a number of times where I've been in this category in my Christian life, particularly when I was a young Christian. When I was a young Christian, I came to Christ, and it took a while for my life to catch up with my faith. Okay, So much so that the pastor moved me into his house to help me. I remember coming home late one night, very brand new Christian, fell over his milk bottles, which were outside his house, and I was drunk. And he opened the door and he said, God and I have got a long way to go with you. And I'm so glad he stuck with me. And I'm so glad he put foundations into my life. I'm so glad he didn't give up on me because he showed me the love of God in that time. And he built some foundations that now I've been living on for years. And they were the foundations we were singing about this morning. That Christ has done it all. I'm accepted and loved. And the judge, God the judges, he, he, he has had the price paid not in me but through his son. And I'm basing it on the work of Jesus and not my own foundations. Why do you call me Lord, Lord and not do what I say? It's a very relevant question to us as Christians. Rachel and I were talking yesterday. I was saying to Rachel, it was yesterday, we were saying, I was saying, what do you think a bit bit is about he dug down? And uh, because I was sort of looking at it and thinking, you know, is there some deep meaning? I know in parables, there's not always more than one main point. But actually, she was saying to me, maybe it's an encouragement to have a look at your foundations and see quite what you were built on. That That was helpful. The trouble is, if I ask you the question this morning, Do you, do you know what you are building on? What are you building your life on? If I asked you that this morning, you see, you know the right answer. You know the right answer. It's Jesus, isn't it? Jesus is the right answer. In church, Jesus is always the right answer, isn't it? <laughs> Jesus, it doesn't matter what anybody says to you, you know, it's Jesus. You know, it's like, it reminds me, was it the Sunday school teacher who said to her kids, now kids, What is brown and furry and has a very big bushy tail? And 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 the kids and the kid looks up and says, Look, I think it's a squirrel, but I'm gonna go with Jesus. Okay? You see, we know the answer that we think we ought to give, but I'm asking something bigger than that this morning. I really am, seriously. I'm asking something, what are you building your life on? What are you building your life on? Because it's easy to give the right Christian church answer. Maybe we need to look again at our foundations and make sure we're building on a foundation that when the torrents come, when the storm comes, that we will know what we're built on. I think this is what the passage reveals to us. You can be in church and not be built on the rock. You can be in church but not be built on the rock. I think many people today will be going to church. They might be in church, but are they built on the rock? Only a storm can tell you. 
I was leading a group on an Alpha course, and one of the things that we are taught on the Alpha course is, is to, when people express their views, because they're unbelievers, uh, not to jump in and correct them. And I just want to say, of all the people I know, I am the worst one at this. Okay? People say things, and I want to, no, 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 it's not true. And while I was sitting there, and this man started to say how much he liked the story of when Jesus was coming to have dinner with some people. And I'm, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, he went to dinner with people. And then he, he said, and on the, while he was on the way and they were making the dinner, a poor man came and he ate the dinner. And then a bit later, a lady came along with a child and they had no food and they fed them. When Jesus got there, there was no food. And he said, never mind, I've been here twice already. And I was like, no, no, that's rubbish. <laughs> that's not true. That's a made up story. And the lady who was also co-leading the group with me looked across the table and she was looking, she knew I was going to say something. She went, and I was like, and I was going to explode. Don't build your life on that. It's not even true. And then a lady from the church sort of chipped in. I thought, oh, yes, all right. One of the ladies from the church. And she said, do you know what I really like from the Bible? I like stone soup. And I was like, stone soup? And that's a story, it's a fable. It's about how someone came along, put some water in a pot and put a stone in it and someone bought some carrots and everything else. And I'm thinking, this lady's from the church. Man, I tell you, I, I, I was going to blow a gasket just sitting there. And she just kept looking at me saying, no. Now, the amazing thing about that, the amazing thing is actually at the end of the Alpha Course, both of those people came to Christ and got baptised and joined the cell group. Okay, so I was quite pleased about that because all three things this passage points to. But when I was sitting there, I was thinking, no, no, you cannot build your life on that. It's not true. And people come up with all sorts of stories that they're building their lives on. So the passage, in the, in the passage, Jesus describes the person who is built on the rock. I will show you what he's like, who comes to me, hears my words and acts on them. He's like a man building a house who dug down deep, put his foundation on the rock. And when the flood came, the torrent crashed against the house, but it could not shake it because it was well built. What does building on the rock look like? Well, first of all, we must come to Jesus. What it says there. We need to come to Jesus. Now that sounds obvious, okay? But is it obvious? I don't think in our day it is obvious. You know, my wife teaches in a school. It's a Christian school, okay? And yet there's people, kids in her class that come. They don't even know who Jesus is at the beginning of the year. Never heard of Jesus. Because international kids are coming to the school. It's quite amazing that by the end of the year, often Rachel would say, the kids are praying in the classroom. Kids who didn't even know who Jesus was are now praying. You have to build a foundation of truth so that they can begin to build a relationship with God. And, you know, I think the other thing about this is this. People come to all sorts of things. People come to music when they come to a church. They come to hill songs or Bethel. They come to something or other like that. Or they, they come to the community. Oh, I'm, a, I'm Hope Church, you know. I'm a New Life Church. They come to that. Some people come to a tradition. You know, my family went to church, my Grandfather went to church, and so I go to church. 
People come to a personality. You know, a big celebrity preacher in a white suit. You know? People come just because they like church. But none of those things in in themselves will save you. And when a storm comes, your faith will be washed away. Because that is not where Jesus says we need to build. Jesus said, you want to you build on the rock, you need to come to me. Salvation is found in me. Hope is found in me. It's through me that you will be reconciled to the Father. I'm the door. I'm the way. He uses all those phrases. The debt is paid and the slate is wiped clean only if we come to Jesus. So we need, number one, to come to Jesus. There's nothing more important in life than knowing and basing my life on the work that Jesus has done for me. Nothing more important. Secondly, he says we must listen to his words. We must listen to his words. I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words. So we come to Jesus and Jesus is our God who speaks to us through his word. And God is a God who reveals himself through his word. And when we read the Bible, it's a living book from our living God. And we, if we read the Bible, we can find out more about who this God is. We can find out more about the way of salvation. We can find out more about how to live the Christian life. Okay, The danger is... And I think and the problem is we can think if we read the Bible, God will love me more. No, that's not what the Bible's there for. God already loves us completely in Jesus because of what he has done. You know, I know people who get out of bed and say, if I don't read my Bible, God may not be with me and love me today. No, that's not the point of the Bible. The point of the Bible is to point us to Jesus and then to grow us in our faith. That's what it's to do. It's for God to speak to us. And show us his ways. Is Jesus, though, has already made us right with God. I get to get to know God more and know what he has done when I read his word. Okay? Telling us all about himself and the way of salvation. And he's speaking to us all about what it means to live in the Christian life in a victorious way. And be a witness to this world. So, as we receive truth from the Bible, we become more rock-like. We become more secure in our faith. I love the quote from Mark Twain. I can't remember where I ever heard this, but he's, you know, because some people say, oh, the Bible's really difficult. And I love the bit Mark Twain really helped me as a person. He says, it's not the bits in the Bible I don't understand that worry me, it's the bits I do. Have you ever noticed that? You open the Bible and it speaks to you about things going on in your life. I guarantee if my wife and I I've had a row, which you can guess we never ever have a row. If my wife and I have had a row, I guarantee within a few days, what I'm going to be reading in my Bible is what? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And you open it, oh! You want to flip by it. But listen, this is the word of God. This is the living, active word of God. So we're not just coming to Jesus, we are hearing his words. And as we hear and receive his truth, we then submit to it and let his word reshape our lives in all sorts of ways. And so I'm learning from God's word. Let me just say this. I'm learning from God's word. We learn from God's word best where it works for us. 
I go to Moe's Diner every week with two other guys and we open the Bible together and we talk with one another and we eat a large pancake breakfast, which really helps when you read the Word, okay? And we talk together and we share our lives together and we talk about what's going on in our lives and we pray for one another and I leave both spiritually nourished and physically nourished, okay? It's just great. We had, this week, we had Moe's special with pancakes and they had to bring it on two plates. That's how big it was. And we sat for a long time talking through the scriptures. And the, uh, Johnson, he's a Chinese guy, he's a great friend of mine, and he, he sat there and he said, I'm leading a, a study in the Chinese church this week. Can we talk about it? Yes, we talked about it. And then later on, he wrote to me and he said, what a great morning. I went away with so much in me, ready to give to them. And I said to him, yeah, I left spiritually nourished as well. Okay? So we go to most. That works for me. Okay? It's not the only time I read the Bible. But we, we read and we talk about it and we discuss it together and we're growing in our faith. Do you know what? I have never not been in a prayer triplet. I've never not been in one. I've always, my whole Christian life, met with a couple of people who know me really, really well. Okay? And sometimes they, they're pretty strong with me as well. You know, I, mean, a couple, I was going to England and a couple of guys said, so you're touring around England speaking? Yeah, well, who's with you? I said, well, I'm, I'm on my own. No, you're not going to do that. You know, we're, we're, we're concerned about you just hanging around places and stuff like that and going places. And we, we want you to have someone with you. We want to protect the work of God in you. So I'm okay. So I had to find someone, a musician who came and he hung around with me. On the tour, it was great. They care for me that much. So I love meeting for breakfast and reading and praying together. And when we do meet together at Moe's for breakfast and prayer and the word, the one thing we always say at the end of that time is this, how do we put this into practice? I'll show you what it's like. He comes to me, hears my words, and acts on them. Comes to me, hears my words, and acts on them. Actually, part of being built on the rock is acting on the words. Okay? It's got to be acting, putting it into practice. So we challenge one another as we sit there. Well, how are we going to work this out? And, you know, uh, I won't go into what, what, all of this, but I'm just saying, just a few weeks ago, probably two months ago now, maybe a bit more on that, we were talking about our marriages at the table. We were talking away, and I said, if we're going to put this into practice, we've got to pray with our wives before they go to work every single day. And they were like, okay, and then they went away. And the next morning I said to Rachel, okay, I told the guys in my prayer trip they need to pray for their wives, so I'm going to have to pray for you. She said, okay. So since that day, Rachel and I, I pray for Rachel before she goes to school every day. And it's been really good, isn't it? <laughs> Don't go over enthusiastic on that, right? <laughs> no, it's been really good because what happened is, I mean, sometimes I pray the same thing for her. I know as a teacher, when it rains, you know, sometimes the kids don't go out. So you've got the kids in the class all the time. So I'm saying, oh, just give her patience today with the kids because I can't go outside. You know, I'm trying to be practical with my prayer. But actually, the other thing about it is this. If I'm praying for Rachel, she knows 
that I know the things that she's concerned about and I'm praying about them and I care about her. And so I'm building my life on a foundation, perhaps I'm building a marriage on a foundation that is strong because God's involved in it. Are you with me on this? Are you with me on this? It's not just hearing. It's not even just coming. It's putting it into practice. It's growing. It's actually challenging one another. What are you going to do with this? I'm not looking at you particularly. It's just that you're in my eye line, all right? (laughs) You're sitting there in the middle. You see, we've got to put it into practice. Buying an exercise video, putting it on your big screen TV and sitting on the couch watching it eating chips doesn't do you any good, does it? You know, you sit there and you're eating your chips. Go for it, boys. Yeah, go. Push those weights. Listen, that's not going to do you any good, is it? We've got to take what God is speaking to us in our lives. And let me just say this to you as, as, as a church, all right? I want to say this. You are incredibly well taught in this church. But if you don't put it into practice, you'll have no foundation in your life. You won't have any steel in you. You won't have any strength in you. You've got to put it into practice. Coming to Jesus with faith and listening to his word and building our lives on the truth of God's word, helped by the Holy Spirit. just want to underline that. Helped by the Holy Spirit. But it doesn't stop there. The only way we can truly be built on the rock is if that truth, that rock-like truth, is it, we're engaged in it with our lives. That we are strong. So we read it, we believe it, and then we live it. Okay, that's the three things Jesus said. And I think a lot about this because I'm quite a lot involved with unbelievers. And I don't want them just to come to Jesus. I want, to come, I want them like those two people who are sitting at my table at Alpha. I want them to come to Jesus. I want them to hear God's word. And I want them to be obedient to it. Which is why I said to you, for me, I was encouraged. Not just did they trust in Jesus, but they got baptized and they joined a home group. So it showed to me that we're on the right path here. We're going somewhere. How are you putting Jesus' words into practice in your life? Is that part of your study together with other people? How are we going to live this? What does this mean to us? So this this has been a helpful passage because it shaped my discipleship with other people and my own discipleship with them. We come to Jesus... We hear his words, we put them into practice, we eat Moe's full breakfast with pancakes on the side. Okay. I encourage you to do that, all right? <laughs> That's a good thing to do. Now, to finish, you can't see a foundation because a foundation is below the surface, okay? And I just want to say this it's not just since the pandemic that Christians have been wearing masks, okay? Christians. Christians are amazing at wearing masks. We are almost like, we're, we're like professionals at wearing masks. All right? I know that because I've done that. You know, you're going to church on a Sunday morning, you're getting your kids. We don't have that anymore, you've just got Clara with, but one of them's lost a shoe, you know, 
Somebody can't find something else. You're all trying to get out the door. You're at least 25 minutes late. All right? If you haven't got kids, this is what you're in for. And you get them all in the car eventually and you get it shut and you drive to church and someone's screaming and someone's nudged somebody else and the whole car is going and then you get into church and you walk in the door and you get in and they say, oh, hello, how are you? Oh, we're all fine, thank you. It's a beautiful day. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. That is not a time you show your foundations, is it, really? You want to make it look like you've got good foundations in those moments. Christians are really good at this. How are you? You know, you know, I've got a friend called Norman, and the reason I really like Norman is he and his wife would come around to dinner, and we, we would open the front door, and he, they would stand there, and he'd say, okay, we've come for dinner, but we were having a row. We will stop having a row now, we will have dinner with you, and then we'll go home and work it out. <laughs> and I loved his honesty. I loved it. He, was, he wasn't wearing a mask. Do you know the best thing on a Sunday night, let's say, we might need some prayer this morning. We've had a tough time getting here. That's more relational. It's more honest, isn't it? But Christians, we can put this veneer up. It's okay. We've got a good foundation. Truly, have you? What things are you facing in your life that are testing the foundation of your life? You can build your house on a foundation and, and the outside, it all looks good. You know, you go around to a friend's house in Toronto and they bought a new house. You know, you say, oh, what a lovely lounge this. What a lovely lounge. And then look at that bathroom. Call the jets in it. Oh, man, that's how lovely. But you never say to them, okay, let's go look at the foundation now. Let's walk around the house. Oh, look. Hey, that's a good foundation. Listen, you don't know anyway if you went to look at it because it's all underground. A couple of years ago, we had a big... A, chunk of ice in our back garden and all the water was cascading down the garden and I found out we had a crack in, the, in our foundation. Ah! And then we got someone round and we had to put all the carpets up and everything and now we haven't had it since, thankfully. I have no idea what you're like because I've only seen you on a Sunday and at church. Okay? That's the reality. I don't know what foundations you've got. You know, I don't just mean you. I know Andrew and Anne, but I don't know what foundations they've got. The storm hits them. It looks good. Let me just say this to you. You can fool other people in the church. You can fool other Christians. But you can't fool a storm. You can't fool a storm. When the storm comes, it really does reveal your foundations. That's the point of this story. Jesus says, when a storm comes, it's going to hit your house and the foundation, or the lack of it, will be revealed. What did you build on? What did you build on? That's what Jesus is saying here. What did you build on? And you know what's really good about this? Just going back to my original point that I made at the beginning about Christians and non-Christians, and that's this. What I find interesting is this, is this story. Is that the storm hits both houses. The storm hits both houses. It doesn't say, build your house on the rock and you'll never get hit by a storm. It doesn't say that. It would be nice if it did, but it doesn't say that. Build your life on Jesus. No storms. All right? Now, if I was one of those 
white-suited American preacher, I'd say, build your life on a storm. Build your life on a rock and you'll never see a storm. No, we see storms. Everybody sees storms. We've had lots of storms in our life. Lots of storms. Things that have really taken us to the edge and struggled. But I'm so glad that we had good foundations built into us. I knew where to go to. I knew who to trust in. I knew who to look to. Because my foundations were strong. Because I had good brothers and sisters who put those foundations into us. The storm hits the person who's built on the rock and the person who's built on the ground. You know, there's another, there's, another, uh, there's another part of this story you can read in Matthew 7, the different sort of translation of it, which is more about death and, you know, sort of like final destruction, which, which I didn't want to go to today because I don't want to talk about that particularly. But I'm guessing death is a storm. Yeah? We're all going to face that storm at some point or other. And have faced it in many ways through Christ already because of what he has done. In our passage, it's more about difficulties and problems and trials of life. And the storms are both. You know, the big storm at the end of your life when you're going to face judgment or whatever. But maybe the storms that we go through in our lives. Storms are loss. Losing a life, losing a loved one, losing a job, losing a house, losing a friendship. That's been a big one in my life. Losing a nest egg that you saved up and then something... You know, you were saving it for a rainy day, and it was a rainy day, and there was a hole in the foundation. (laughs) That's true. Losing a child. You know, loss. I was taking a funeral one day, and the guy, with with some care for the guy's wife, he sort of came up against me, and he just said to me, like, you know, what did he leave behind? (laughs) And I looked at him and said, he left everything behind. (laughs) I know it wasn't what he was asking me, I said, look, he left everything behind. He was taken in a moment. He was at work. He turned the wrong dial. And a gas killed him. Bang, he was gone in a moment. Do you know what really reveals what your life is truly built on? Suffering and trial and pain. That's what... That's what really reveals the story. Now, I'm not wishing that on you. Please don't get that. But I am saying, Jesus says, when the storms come. When the storms come. And, and we all face storms. They can be of a million sorts. Your storm will be very different than my storm. But it's the house that is still standing after the storm that reveals the genuineness of your faith. Now, we just... Tell you of some people who, you know, I'm thinking of my good friends, Debbie and Trefina in my life, who I watched live their lives from the bad news phone call from the doctor to their death. Okay? And man, did these ladies have great foundations. I remember being with Trefina in a hospital just up the road from here. Trefina was a lady who made excellent tea who I used to go and visit on a regular basis. And we really built a great friendship. We prayed together. And when I went to the hospital to visit Trefina to see how she was doing, she would always introduce me to someone she'd been witnessing to and ask me to pray for them. 
and to lead them to Christ. And it was just amazing. When Trophina was in a hospital just around the corner, three people came to Christ before Trophina went to Christ. It was, it was amazing. Or, or my friend Debbie Gedge, who I watched suffer cancer for many years. I remember going when she was taking chemo. I used to drop into Mississauga Hospital and she was taking chemo and she would introduce me to nurses who were struggling with something or patients and she'd say, Chris, get Chris to pray for you. And I'd pray with them. And all the way through, right to the end, they were building their life on a foundation that couldn't be shaken. And I was so impressed. I would look on and think, I'm not sure if my foundation's as strong as that yet. But they were so well built. You know, I've got a friend in England called uh, Ian Lane, who is my hero in my life. You, you met him, you'd say, he's a very look, insignificant looking man. But to me, he is my greatest hero, and he knows it. You know, I watched him lose his wife to a very sort of debilitating disease and waste away. And yet, there was never one Sunday where Ian didn't pray out loud and give praise and thanks to God. It was like, and then he lost his son who was knocked over and killed on a, on, a, on a crossing in the town. And I thought, wow, this is really going to hit him. And there he was the following Sunday, lifting his hands and giving praise to God, that God had been the Lord over his son. It was, it was like, like a hero of the faith. And you know what I saw? I saw good foundations. And when I go over there, I'll try and see if I can just grab a coffee with him. It, you know, and, and you'd say to him, you know, if you met him, you'd go, what, what, him? And I'd say, yeah, him. That's one of my heroes of the faith. You know? And you look at him and you, know, you think, he wouldn't be someone you'd think someone would say, I really want to be like him in my life. But I want to be like Ian. I want to be like Ian. The storm reveals our foundations. I'm just finishing here, right? I saw their foundations were secure in something that couldn't be taken away. They knew that nothing could separate them from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. They knew it. They just were steeped in it, if I was to use tea language. They just knew. They just knew. You know? What then should we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, give us all things? Who will bring a charge against those God has chosen? It is God who justifies. It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or brain aneurysm or sword? As it is written, it doesn't say brain aneurysm. This is the, this is a more modern version. <laughs> For your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered a sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, nor bad news, or phone calls from the doctor, or cancer treatment, or breast removal, or the loss of a son or my wife, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Listen, I believe that. I believe that. 
And, I, and, and when I face my next storm, because I've been through some storms, I can tell you. A storm can sweep away poor foundation, but a house that's built on the rock stands. We are, built, are we built on foundations that go deep into the dependable, unending love of God? If we suffer loss, you know, there's one thing that can never be taken away from us, and that is our faith in Jesus. That is our relationship with God that we didn't earn in the first place, that was won for us by Jesus on the cross, that we were reveling in our singing this morning as Dan led us. A storm tests the genuineness of our faith. Let me tell you something else about storms before I finish. They're never on your calendar, okay? They're never on your calendar. It doesn't say, on December the 17th, there will be a storm. They just come in life. And they come without you realising they're coming. Something happens and you find it's a storm in your life. But God's great grace... And through God's great grace. And in the words of the great psalmist, Elton John, I'm still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still standing. Why am I still standing? Is it because there's something in Chris? No, it's because there's something in Christ. Is it because because I've built good foundations? No, I've received the foundations of Jesus. And I'm living on those Are you built on the rock? Do you call him Lord, Lord and not do what he says? Have you come to Jesus? Are you listening to his words for you from his living word? Will you put what you learn into practice? Will you stand in your storm or get washed away by the torrent? Really important questions that this passage reveals. This is what Dan sung this morning. I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone and I will not be shaken. That's the Christian life. That's the Christian life. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the... I'm trying to remember the rest of the verse. I haven't got it... With his frame, but holy trust in Chris McLean. I don't say that. It would fit though, wouldn't it? But holy trust in Jesus' name. Listen, let your foundation, let your problems, let your difficulties, let your struggles, let your storms be faced with Jesus so that you can stand. Amen? You know, I learned a lot in the past couple of weeks preparing this. I'm sorry to my wife because I kept going asking her, what do you think about this? What do you like? <laughs> but I really wanted you to get this. Let's build well. And listen, let's be built well, okay? Let's be built well, as Jesus says. Let's put it into practice. Why? So that whenever anybody comes to this church in the future, we can build them well. We don't say, oh, just come to Jesus. So come to Jesus, listen to him, put it into practice. You'll be building well. Isn't that, a great, isn't that a great thing to be thinking about? The people beyond you. Not just you, the people beyond you. Let's pray together.
Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you that it's living and active. Thank you it challenges what's going on in our lives. Lord, and I pray for each one of us here before we finish. I want to pray that whatever storms we are currently facing, whatever storms are going to come our way, because Jesus said you will have storms, I pray, Lord, that we will be ready for the storms. I pray that we will be well built. I pray that our foundations will will be deep. I pray today that we would do ourselves the service of, of, of digging up and looking again at our foundations like this guy did and making sure we're built soundly on the rock so that we are not surprised by life and its problems. Lord, I want to pray as well that we would find our place that is best for us to read and grow from your word. Lord, I pray that if we find it a struggle on our own, that we would find a group, as Anne was talking about, to grow alongside. Lord, and uh, Lord, maybe sometimes that will come with food, like, like next Saturday, you know, where something will be discussed and Anne's going to make maybe those pancakes. But Lord, I pray, Lord, I pray that we would find what works for us and we would grow in our faith and build good foundations and keep building so that when the winds blow and the torrents come, like they did in BC, and, the, and, the, and the, the water comes and just floods everything, our foundations will be strong and secure and, 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 and clear, and we will know that we're built on you and your truth, and nothing will separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen.